0: Oyo Hotel and Casino. Live the good life at the Oyo Hotel and Casino on Tropicana across from the MGM Grand.
1: This is JT for Grimaldi's Pizzeria, cold fired brick oven pizza, a must-have for anyone craving great pizza. Locations at Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and Green Valley. Learn more at Grimaldi's Pizzeria.com.
0: Volkswagen just announced $7,500. That's right, $7,500 in EV lease bonus rebates on all in stock Volkswagen ID4 models. Drive electric and get free charging for three years, plus $7,500 in lease bonus cash rebates on the all electric ID4 at Finley North VW in Centennial Hills. 7500 West Azure, one mile north of
2: Anna 95. Driving electric should be fun. Find out today at Finley North VW in Centennial Hills.
1: Home court is monumental in March, and fans, Mountain West teams need you. Make the Thomas & Mack Center your home court this March 5th through 11th. Buy tickets today by visiting themw.com slash 2023 or at your
0: team's ticket office.
1: Your home for running Rebel basketball is ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas. San
0: Diego State beat Utah State last night, 63 to 61 San Diego State's now 10 and two in the Mountain West. They're still in first place. They've got two more games against the top five. Both are on the road. They go to New Mexico and to Boise State. Um, If they win one of those, they probably win the conference. Uh, If they lose both, they might be in some trouble. Nevada has a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way. Uh, so San Diego State a little bit more difficult. But if they're able to win one of those, they're probably going to win the Mountain West uh, regular season title. And if they can finish off the year with just three conference losses, maybe they can get up to like a six seed. I think yeah. the last thing I saw was a seven. Seven seed. So maybe they could get a six or or maybe higher if they can uh, continue to win a bunch of these games. Did you see the ejections, though?
3: Yeah. So Trammell... I there's a stoppage in play. Utah State's trying to walk back to his bench. All of San Diego State kids come off their bench like because it's you know it's, right. it, it, the time's out. Do you think they came off too early?
0: No. It, okay, they, because it was stoppage. It was right. It was a timeout. Right. So they got ejected for leaving the bench during a scuffle right right like it was there wasn't, wasn't even a no fight much of a scuffle. it was just two guys sort of yelling and other. the other guy screaming and so uh, two players for utah state got ejected because it was the other side of the floor right and they actually left the bench to come down that way they didn't make it to the san diego state players but yeah trammell darian trammell got ejected because he walked out during a timeout onto the floor which every player does and then the scuffle happened afterwards right it right. wasn't like he ran on the floor after the scuffle happened the scuffle happened after he was on the floor yeah. and they still ejected him so I thought that was extremely harsh but the the refs were trying to abide strictly by the rules and ejected a guy for essentially walking you on have the to floor sit a game if up. you get ejected oh uh, that's a good question because he so. would
3: miss San Diego State excuse me he'd miss UNLV I
0: don't Think so, but I don't know that for sure. I think the Mountain West treats that on a case-by-case basis. Okay, and I can't imagine they would suspend him for that. For
3: walking he walked the on court. the floor
0: and like maybe he said something to Taylor yeah. Funk, which was the Utah State guy who was in the scuffle. I can't imagine he'd be suspended unless it's some automatic. But I don't think there is in the Mountain okay. West. Okay. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Which, by the way, now that you say that. When's the last time a UNLV player got ejected? I feel like that has not happened in long time. Right. I can't remember. I can't. Because otherwise, I think I'd know the answer got, to that question. Yeah, but last time a UNLV kid, got it's thrown like out. nobody gets ejected from UNLV. So good job, UNLV players. <laughs> uh, Jim Irsay says the Colts will have a coach in quote days. Here was his tweet. We said as an organization, the coaching search would be an open-minded and thorough process, and the final decision would be strictly based on what is best for our franchise's success and best for our fans of Colt Nation. Final decision coming in days, not hours. Why are they taking so long to hire Jeff Jeff Saturday? I don't know. Is he really going to force this? (sighs) Maybe that's what's taking so long, is he's just desperately trying to convince his GM that this is the right move. And his GM is like, no, it's not. Stop trying to hire Jeff Saturday. You gave it a shot, and it did not They let like work. 10 guys get to the second round of interviews. Right. It's, so I have no idea who they're going to hire, but Jeff Saturday <sighs> seems to be, well, he is Ursay's guy. It is going to be very, very, very funny if they hire him. If they hire Saturday. After this long process, how many interviews they've done, I can't remember. They interviewed the one guy for 12 hours. Yeah. And then they come back and say, you know, we're going to go with that interim who won one game. Against the,
3: Raiders. against the Raiders we're going to
0: hire that guy instead that's what's best for our franchise as the Colts owner Jim Ursay is desperate to get Jeff Saturday in oh,
1: next question standing in your corner next
0: question Sean Payton says that Russell Wilson will be less active on social media his quote was just know that we're working but a little bit less visibility on social media and all those other things we're going to get to work and ultimately it's how we do in the fall He's also not going to let Russell Wilson's personal coaches and trainers be at the Broncos facility. Apparently, they basically had their run of the place last year, but Sean Payton is not going to let that happen.
3: Sean Payton this, coming in and putting down some rules. Look at probably that. Probably a good thing. Is he going to fix Russell Wilson? Well, Is Russell
0: Wilson going to demand a trade? Is
3: Russell Wilson, maybe you follow it closer tonight, is Russell Wilson not active on social media?
0: Oh, yeah. He's the, he's the weirdo on Twitter and okay. Instagram all the okay. time. I mean, he's not like it's not Kevin Durant level where you're like, does this guy have burner accounts and, arguing and he's with watching fans? and he's,
3: he's commenting, but he
0: posts a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's not, I, it's never been, Oh, he posts way too much. It, that's never really it's just the a weirdness thought. that he posts. Right. He's just kind of a weird guy. So it's, you see it and you're like, Oh, I'm going to remember that for the next two weeks. Right. Whereas other people probably post more, but it's, just random stuff that doesn't even bother you. So I don't know that that matters so much. I do find it interesting that Sean Payton's having to tell Russell Wilson, uh, no, your own personal coach cannot come in our facility. Right. You can go talk to him after practice, but no, this is our building and I'm the
1: coach. Good. Okay. Are you proud of yourself? Yes. Yeah, uh, you're proud of yourself. Yeah. Fox
0: backs me. For well,
1: and to be honest, that's enough.
2: That's enough. Next question, please
0: the Mavs beat the Clippers in Kyrie Irving's debut he scored 24 points Luka Doncic did not play he still has a heel injury and has missed three straight games Paul so, George and Kawhi did play they did Clippers uh yeah they've got they've had those two back playing together <laughs> for a while now and they don't look as great as maybe they should right if they're gonna be a title contender. granted you got the rest of the season figure it out be a top six seed and go win a playoff series but uh maybe not as good at the moment as we would expect uh Kyrie Irving did you see he gave the quote last night saying that he's glad Kevin Durant got out of Brooklyn yeah and he also said that him and Durant leaving that that was the plan from year one in Brooklyn
3: that they'd both be gone if they didn't win at all yeah I mean, I don't know what Kyrie, to believe from Kyrie him.
0: Kyrie Irving, four days ago, was trying to get a contract extension yeah, exactly. from the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, four days ago, he wanted a four-year deal.
3: He, yeah, who knows
0: what to believe from him. <laughs> he just says whatever fits his situation yeah. the best. And right now, it's to dump on Brooklyn. And he also said he wasn't respected in no, Brooklyn. I, mean, I saw
3: all those quotes about no one respected him. And he needs to go somewhere where people appreciate him. And we talked about that yesterday and the nonsense about all
0: that. They both asked for trades and they got their coach fired. And then they're like, ah, oh, glad I'm out of there. They did—they wouldn't respect us and do what we wanted. <laughs> like, you got everything you wanted there. What are you talking about? And Durant went to the team he wanted to get. Right. To. He got the he Suns kind of helped him he the Nets kind of helped him out and said, yeah, we'll send you there. And weren't they the ones who even said they didn't actually need a head coach to run the team? That was Kyrie Irving. Yeah. 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 And then he also gave a quote earlier, like uh, in September before the season was like, oh yeah, me, Joseph Cy, Kevin Durant, David Martin. Yeah, we'll we'll sit down and figure everything out. Like he was the new GM.
2: Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? When?
0: The Knicks sent Cam Reddish in a first round pick to Portland for Josh Hart. Did you see how Josh Hart found out? Uh... I'm reading this here. Someone told him when he was on the court, was he during warmups on the court before the game started? Multiple blazer teammates are huddled around a phone and see, must've seen Josh Hart traded and they go. And Damian Lillard goes and like grabs him by the shoulders and tells him, I assume he tells him you've been traded to the Knicks." (laughs) another woge bomb. (laughs) Yes. In the middle of the game. Uh, So that is how Josh Hart found out. He got traded on the court right before a game. And he's going off to New York. A first round pick. We'll see if that help, how much that helps the Knicks, who are probably going to be a play-in team, and we'll see if they can do anything from there. Coming up next, here on ESPN Las Vegas, Keyshawn Johnson joins the show.
1: We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff.
0: We do not have Keyshawn Johnson. We'll see if that changes the next couple of minutes, uh, but I wanted to ask you this question, because we I uh, have seen NFL teams treat wide receivers differently and the two From teams playing in the Super Bowl, Kansas City traded away Tyreek Hill. They're in the Super Bowl. Eagles went out and got AJ Brown. Brown. They're in, the, they're Super in Bowl. the Super Bowl. And I wonder what's going to be the more popular path in the future. Obviously, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and maybe that's the the difference there is that, hey, if you have your franchise quarterback, you maybe take the chance and, and say, Eh, we'll move on from a big-name wide receiver before we pay him. But I do wonder if teams are going to say, we need to have one of these superstar wide receivers, or if they say, we don't want to pay the $35 million a year or whatever it's going to be for a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson, a superstar receiver. I, I always think it's the latter,
3: that they always want the best players. That they always want the best players instead of being nervous or taking the chance, like you said, of moving right. Tyree Kill, but you also had Pat Mahomes. So
0: Yes, which and, and I think that's that's probably where the conversation or where the decision has to start for every team is who is your quarterback? Because yeah. if your quarterback is Jalen Hurts, and even if you love Hurts and you think he's good, you know he's not Mahomes and you know before the season we've got to get him as much wide receiver help as we can. And same with Miami, who traded for Tyreek Hill, right? They go into the year with Tua as their quarterback. And even if you believe in Tua and you think that guy's going to be a good NFL quarterback, you're still probably looking at him saying, well, he's not a top five guy, so we've got to get him as many weapons as possible. And then you look at it with uh, Philly has it with Devontae Smith on a rookie deal, A.J. Brown on a bigger deal. Uh, Miami has it with Jalen Waddle on a rookie deal, Tyreek Hill on a bigger deal. It almost gets to a point where if you don't have Mahomes, you you, kind of need two. Mm -hmm. You kind of need two of these guys. Two really good ones. Right. Like, you don't need two $35 million guys, but you need two good receivers, and I think that might be one of the trends of the offseason is how how much are we willing to give up, whether it's draft capital or whether it's the salary cap space, to chase after one of these big-time wide receivers because we need that. Our quarterback needs that type of receiver. Because I, I think, in all honesty, if you have a good coach or, or good offensive coordinator, whatever it is, who's ever calling the plays, designing the plays, if you have a good offensive coach, a quarterback who's not terrible, who's not Zach Wilson, and you get two good wide receivers, you're probably going to have a good probably. offense. Right? Like, that's, I mean, yeah. You know, you could have a terrible offensive line that could blow up and stuff like that. Well, it happens. (laughs) It happens. You could just not spend any money on it for an entire offseason. But I I think that's going to be maybe the... That might be the easy way to build a good offense if you can't get the high-end quarterback. Because getting the high-end quarterback is really, really difficult. It might be an easier path for, well, we have a decent quarterback we're just going to surround him with great receivers and our offensive coordinator, our offensive is head coach really good. is going to be good enough to, to scheme this up. I think that's going to be the, the sort of the secondary option to building a great offense, obviously behind getting the quarterback. Cause that's forever. And always going to be the number one thing to do is get a great quarterback. Yeah.
3: But I think the chiefs could easily have said it better or have done it better because they did have Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. In terms yes. of moving Tyree Hill. They said, well, he's, You know, for a comparison, he's like Brady and he's just going to elevate whoever we put around him anyway.
0: Well, it's like Aaron Rodgers time in Green Bay. The Packers got so much criticism. It's like, oh, they never took a skill position guy in the first round for what was it? A decade, like 13 years or something like that. But at the same time, it was kind of like they probably shouldn't like you should probably bet on. Yeah, that Rodgers guy is really good. And this third round pick or this random free agent signing. He's going to make them really good. And we need to spend our first round picks on defensive end or corner or safety or offensive line. So it's almost like when you do get that quarterback, when you get that quarterback and then you pay him, right? When he's on his rookie deal, go, go, go spend whatever on wide receivers and all that. But it's almost like if you, if you know, you have the guy and there might only be like three or four of those guys. But if you know, you have that type of guy, You're probably better off not spending it. You're probably better off saying, all right, um, you know, make Juju Smith-Schuster work. Make Marquez Valdez-Scantling work. Like, make these other guys work that are, you know, they're still good, but they're not star receivers. So if I'm Kansas City, that's probably where I try to say, tell Mahomes, like, you're getting paid a lot. We need to, you know, make sure the defense is competent. So here's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Good luck. The other key for Kansas City, they still have Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah, they they right. still have one. He's not a receiver, but they still have one of the best really good pass yeah. catchers. But that's an area I'm interested to see. And by the way, I said this last week. I don't understand Travis Kelsey being this dominant. Because? How, how is he that? Like, when you watch him play, does he really look that fast? Looks faster than his brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're comparing... If we're comparing the two, he's a little faster than him. It's like, I, he must have incredible, like he's got to have the best awareness and like spatial awareness uh, in the league because he's seems to be always open despite clearly being the number one target. And like, I don't think he's that fast. And the, the more impressive part to me is after he catches a pass. He almost always seems to go the right direction. Yeah, well, he's always turning up field, and and, and it's and, always and, and like exactly. It's like there's a defender coming to get him after he catches, and he it, can always evade him. And he turn, and the defender's like on his left hip, and he's like, oh, I'll turn the opposite yeah, exactly. way. Exactly. It's like how do you know your back is to that guy, and he does it right every single. It's just I don't quite get it. How he's this good? Like obviously he's very athletic and talented, but how is he so much better than every other tight end in the league? Because isn't like Darren Waller's faster than Kelsey, right? Yes. I feel more physically impressed when I see Darren, Darren
3: Waller uh, catching a ball and, right. and running. Exactly.
0: But Kelsey's so much better than him. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially when it's like, oh, it's Kelsey and Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill's the fastest person. Route in the runner. League. Yeah, I So maybe, maybe he's just a great route runner. I also think there's an element, and this was one of the complaints or criticisms that was very fair against Eric Carr. Was like scramble drills, right? When the play breaks, that's what Mahomes is so good at. When the play breaks down, keeping it alive, keeping your eyes downfield, making a play. Kelsey seems to be excellent at that. When it's like, hey, the play's been going on for five seconds and it didn't work. He's the one who gets open. He's he knows where to go or where Mahomes right. where wants Mahomes him to go. Wants him whatever whatever to go. it is, like he seems to be very very good at that. And that's like that's something. That's what takes you know a good quarterback to the Patrick Mahomes level right, that's what the difference is, is that you get that type of play. You get the guy who, oh, this didn't work out exactly how Andy Reid drew it up. Right. Don't worry. These two are really, really good and will make it happen that way or another. So I think we're going to get this now. I think it's going to happen. Joining us now, you can hear him on the show right before us here on ESPN Las Vegas, Keyshawn Johnson. Good morning, Keyshawn. Keyshawn. How are you?
2: Hey, what's happening? What's up, man? So uh what's up? what's up, man? You cool? What's up, man?
0: We're good. We're
2: good. Uh
0: Keyshawn, if we go back to the beginning of the season, did you think Mahomes and Kansas City would take a step back after they traded Tyreek Hill?
2: No. You can go pull up the archives, you can find it anywhere you want to. Absolutely no. We saw in
0: the off season the Raiders and the Dolphins and the Eagles sort of all trade for the big name wide receiver, and the Eagles are in the Super Bowl now. Jalen Hurts had a great year with the two wide receivers. Do you think that's going to be sort of the offseason thing that NFL teams try to copycat is, hey, we need to go find that other big-name receiver so we've got two great weapons for our quarterback?
2: No, it just depends on the quarterback that you have. If you If you have a young, ascending quarterback like Josh Allen, you go and you find a weapon. If you have a young quarterback like Kyler Murray that you think could take the next step, you go and you get him. If you are the Raiders and you're looking to upgrade the passing game and there's a guy named Devontae Adams that becomes available, you go get him. If you are the Philadelphia Eagles and you need another receiver, although Devontae Smith is really good, he's not the alpha dog receiver that could do everything. He's a guy who can take the top off of it, and you could do some stuff with him. But the but the everyday move the chain, move this guy. See that, that that's where people don't really understand the receiver position. You think Tyreek Hill? Oh, that's Tyreek Hill. So you want to pay Tyreek Hill? But the real guy is Travis Kelsey. See that's what that's where it all. You like the ESPN splash play versus the guy. When you talk about the greatest receivers of all time, you're talking about guys that consistently move the chains, move the chains, move the chains. And the first thing you say, well, that's a possession guy. That's not true. That's what the offense that they utilize and what they're in allows them to catch the football at a certain point in time in the game. That advances them, and then there's a vertical threat guy that every now and then they may throw a bomb to, and because that particular person is a one-trick pony, he is the deep threat. People say, well, the other guy's a possession guy. It's like, no, the guy who's the one-trick pony can't do what the other guy can do, so they use him in that role and the other guy in the other role.
3: Keyshawn, That's it all,
2: uh, always the, is.
3: Keyshawn, have you changed your mind about how this is going to play out Sunday?
2: No, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm leaning toward Philadelphia, though. But I don't know how it'll play out. I think Philly has the the team. I think they do, but I could be wrong. What?
0: Why would you be wrong? Like if Philly, if it doesn't work for Philly, what do you think is goes wrong for them
2: on Sunday? There was too much Patrick <laughs> Uh
0: Is that? Is that maybe the most amazing thing about this is that Kansas City, they're able to trade away Tyreek Hill. They're able to basically say, hey, you know, you've got Kelsey, and then we're going to make it work with some other guys. That Patrick Mahomes is still doing this, that he's still as good as he was this year and probably the MVP.
2: But I was never, again, I was never one of those people that didn't. I, I see it different than maybe you guys do. And I'm sure other players see it different than you. I understand, okay, they lost the dynamic talent, but the guy that the offense goes to is still there. So you you could essentially account for Tyree Hill's production from two or three other guys that will rotate and give you that same production. It just looks different because it's two or three guys opposed to one.
0: What is it about Travis Kelsey that makes him so good every single game?
2: Well, they put him in the right place, places. He Never disappoints. He's able to take advantage of the mismatches. He allows the offensive coordinators and the offensive play calling to dictate what the defense is going to do. Because if he's in line, they do this. If he's detached, they do that. Pre-snap read it helps Mahomes be Mahomes. So when you have a player like that, you can do many different things with him. It helps you, from an offensive play caller standpoint, and helps the quarterback decide what to do with the football.
0: Uh, Keyshawn, before we let you go, do you mind giving us a prediction on where Derek Carr plays next year?
2: New Orleans Saints.
0: All right. All right. He is Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, all right. Thank you. So there's Keyshawn Johnson again. You can hear Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max every day before us right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Coming up next on the show, Darren Millard.
1: It all comes down to this as the NFL football season wraps up. We have no idea if he'll pick up, but this is the time he agreed to. This is the VGK Update with Darren Millsy-Millard. Listen to him Monday through Friday at 4 on the VGK Insiders on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: Hi, Darren. What's up, buddy?
1: How are you? Where's your buddy?
3: Uh, he's here. He's here. here. I thought oh. I'd start off with a hello to my best friend.
0: You don't want to hear hello
4: from me anyway. <laughs> no, well, I was about to tune you in because every other program that I do across the world gives me a heads up. And I'm, oh, we're the best. I'm always forgetting about about you guys because I'm in St. <laughs> <Saint> Paul. <laughs> Ashley and I are walking over to the rink right now uh, for the morning skate, and, uh, and then I can't figure out why my phone's buzzing. <laughs> and I look down, and Jeez. it's... Uh, <laughs> It's the two maroons that give me a call.
0: <laughs> we don't give you heads oh. up. You, we just expect you to answer.
4: Yeah. and uh, Honestly, do you hope I answer, or do you kind of hope I don't answer so you can just make fun of me?
0: <sighs> I think the best case scenario is you don't answer, but you call us back like six minutes into when you're supposed to be on. That way we yeah. get to make fun of you, but then still talk to you and make fun of you some more. Yeah,
4: it's kind of a win-win, right?
0: In the fact so just that... Past the, uh, the, uh,
4: just past the Her Brooks statue. Oh, uh, a nice. landmark here in St. Paul.
0: Wait, how cold is it there?
4: Uh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's it's okay. awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, yesterday, the snow was uh, melting in the streets. The sun was out. It was amazing. A little slick last night uh, once uh, the sun went down. But it, it's I would call this a perfect, what I would uh, term at home, a prairie day. I guess it's on the plains in the United States, but a prairie day in Canada.
0: You once told us that firing a coach and hiring a new coach—that was like good a good segue. That was like a free two wins, right? What, like what, you, everybody what, what, wants to play hard when you fire the, when you get the new coach yeah. in. Is the dad's trip even better than that? Well, it's more positive.
4: Nice segue <laughs> on that, by the way. It's a beautiful prairie day, and then you go into firing coaches. Yeah, that's like, the it, NHL. They get fired all the time. I wasn't sure whether you were still there or not. You just waited a pause and I went, I'm going to go in a totally different right. direction That's where we're uh, on this. No, the, the dad's are just way more positive, obviously, than a coaching change. Uh, there, there's a lot of goodwill around the team. Uh, players are happy. Uh, dads are having the time of their lives. And you don't have that uh, underbelly of uh, negativity that uh, followed a change with your staff and the question marks among half, because when a coaching change is made, Half the team, or, or a third of the team, is wondering whether their spot's going to be uh, solidified uh, with the new guy taking over. And then a third of the team is wondering how much their ice time uh, is going to change. And the stars are like, We got to get rid of a new guy. We got to get a new guy in here. We got to teach him how we like it. Because the stars always like it, the way that they. Uh, the, the, the coaches operate because they get them right into that sweet spot. So, uh, no, the, this, this, is, this has been awesome. Uh, and and the Golden Knights, of course, the franchise have, have dined out on that. I don't think that uh, it's like that with every team. There's there's a bit of uh, uh, the circumstance with just timing uh, with, with some of these wins. But, uh, like, the other night, I don't think it was just because the dads were there. Uh, they were due. For a great night, uh, they they turned the page. They were playing better defensively going into the break, uh, but uh, but I think uh, as one member of the organization told me yesterday, almost every dad walked out of that rink the other day, pretty happy with the way their son played.
3: How did Will Carrier become good?
4: Well, he's always been good. That's good Ed, he's just never finished. Like the the chances. Like when you when you talk about Phil Carrier in the past. You've, the the one thing you've always said is he gets lots of chances. Great it looks, if only he could put a few of those in. That that's what my commentary was with him, and he could change a game with his energy and uh, was a straight line player that the coach could could rely on. Now he's able to to finish these chances, and if you're going to be reliable, and you're able to finish, well that that's. Uh, elevating your status in the coach's eye. And then the coach looks at you and says, okay, he's starting to finish a lot more. Can I put him in a spot where he's going to play with more offensive players mm-hmm. and that means he's going to finish even more? Well, wow. that's where you've got in this situation. And uh, and it's paying off. Um, Will, Will, Will had to put himself in, in a spot where the coach would take a look at moving him up the lineup. He did that first. Without Will finishing this year, uh, there's no way he's playing with Chandler, the top in points on the team, and, and a future Hall of Famer, Phil Castle. It's, just, it's just not happening. So um, uh, Will, Will did the, the first part. He did the, the, the more difficult part. And, and the coach, being a new coach, uh, there's no um, uh, history with him, uh, has, has watched this uh, happen right before his eyes in the last few months and said, why not?
0: So that line Kessel, Stevenson, Carrier. Obviously, we've still got a long way to go before the playoffs, and there have been a lot of lineup changes due to injuries and different, you know, bad stretches of play and all that. But is there a chance that line could be like a line that Cassidy actually holds on to and keeps, and that's that's ready to go for the playoffs with those three playing together?
4: I have two words to answer that uh, question, and it's really simple. Why not? Like, if, if, it, if it's going to work, and you've got three players from very different uh, uh, styles of play, and and it works. It doesn't always come together. It's, normally, you put guys with uh, with sort of similar uh, angles of, of, of their approach to, to the game with a little bit of crossover. These guys are, are totally different, but... It's worked. And and, and, uh, a player that that I think has been overshadowed in in the commentary uh, but is making this work is is Kessel. He he was on his best stretch as a goal tonight going into the break and played well again the other night. And uh, I was laughing because Carrier scored a Kessel-like goal on on the breakaway the other night, and it was Kessel that scored a Carrier-like goal in going to the net and and, and collecting the garbage and, and putting it home. Uh, but uh, but they, they, they come at the game differently, uh, but, but somehow it works. So if, if it's something that, that Bruce Cassidy sees, then why not uh, carry it forward? He, he, he had this in mind when Brett Howden came back. So it's, it's obviously something that was percolating there, and, uh, and he's enjoyed it.
3: Probably an easy answer, but what does uh, six defensemen being healthy do for them now in terms of returning to what we saw earlier in the season?
4: Well, it uh, it has an impact, but I'll, I'll tell you about the impact that people wouldn't necessarily jump to. Uh, it's going to help them score more goals, and it should. And it didn't the other night. They allowed a uh, first goal against uh, uh, again, but uh, but it allowed them to have more control of the game, even when they were down one nothing. They were I think, you know, shooting Nashville six two uh, at the time, and uh, they were they were a much better team. So when you're better in your own zone. Uh, you're more comfortable in your own zone. That's nothing to take away from uh, Mirmanov and Pahal and Korzak, who, who did the bulk of the work in, in filling in. But you've got a, a comfort level where you can spread ice time around and, and be cleaner uh, in the game then it takes pressure off the forwards uh, to, to defend. It takes pressure off the forwards to think that they have to score every grade-A chance that they have, so they're not squeezing the stick as much. And, uh, and it should make you more aggressive uh, offensively because you're not uh, doubling down on the defensive side and I'm worried about uh, if you allow that one goal, then, then you're going to be chasing and you're going to be up against it. So I think it's going to free them up offensively uh, a lot uh, going forward. With those six defensemen back,
0: when you uh, play goalie against some random Golden Knights, what's your what's your mask design?
4: Uh, I have a bunch of masks, but usually it's uh, there's always a duck motif to it. Uh, I have one design that, that I have a few on where it's this crazy angry red-eyed duck uh, right on the top that uh, that that stares them down. So there's always some kind of uh, some, some kind of duck theme to
0: it. I enjoyed uh, Ashley Vice during the last game in the oh, intermission yeah. talking to Aiden Hill's father, who designed his yeah. mask. Who who designed your mask when you get it one made?
4: Uh, I have uh, one guy that's done uh, most of my masks. His name is David arrigo and you can uh, check him out. He does a lot of artwork in and around the National Hockey League. Describes uh, or uh, designs uh, a few masks. Uh, I went to Kandahar, Afghanistan, with him uh, during the war on a couple of troop visits, uh, a, a couple of times, and uh, he's he's uh, a good friend of mine, and he's a great artist. So David Arigo, if you Google him, you'll you'll see him, uh, some of the stuff that he's uh, he's done. He does Hall of Fame every year, does uh, some work for several teams.
0: So he's a world class artist. No, well, I mean you want to yell at him about goalie masks? No, I want to uh, no,
3: give, give him a golf clap for going on the uh, troop visits. Oh. Good for you, buddy.
4: Yeah, well, you know, my wife went first Uh, as a member. She worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs at the time, and uh, she went to Kandahar. And then I got the opportunity to go a couple of times, and uh, it was amazing. We were there for about uh, eight days at a time, and it was right in the middle of the war. And, uh, I mean, uh, I'd never been in that situation before, and it was uh, was wild to see um, the Americans and the Canadians and the Dutch and all the different uh, nationalities working together. And you saw... uh, Trauma and and uh, just uh, horrible things uh, right before your eyes, and you saw some of the great work that uh, that uh, that the troops were able to do as well. And it was an active war zone. We did uh, a couple of cont- sort of drag on on this, but uh, but I, I love it. It's one of my passions. Uh, you'd be doing this uh, performance for the for the uh, troops, and there's like fighter jets taking off on their sorties uh, in, in the background all night, and it was it was incredible.
0: Next time, we're just asking you about that, not a hockey. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, uh,
4: my brother, my friend brother was, uh, on tour the first time I went there as a member of the Canadian forces. Uh, so that was, uh, that was amazing, uh, as well to be able to visit him, uh, in theater. Yeah. That,
0: wow. sounds, that sounds way more fun than hockey yeah. or way more interesting than hockey. All right. Um, more, more important. Yeah. Far we, more important. We are not going to let you know next week, but, uh, pick up your phone at eight 30 on Thursday.
4: Okay. So it's still at eight 30.
0: Oh, well, you're in a different time zone, so you know, figure that out when, wherever you are. But 8.30 on Thursday <laughs> Pacific time. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Miss you, Ed. You too. Be nice well. See you, buddy. There's Darren Millard. Check him out. He'll be on uh, AT&T Sportsnet tonight as the Golden Knights take on the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we've got some tickets to give away. If you want to go see the Golden Knights, they're taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. 702-364-1100 that's the phone number you can win a pair of tickets from us right now be caller number eight at 702-364-1100 and you'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Golden Knights take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday February 18th ball is loose and Hamby's gonna pick it up can Hamby go coast to coast she goes Alyssa Smith challenges her and Hamby scores it over Smith Ray to plumb <laughs> Plum going down the lane again, looking for contact, inside to Hamby,
1: score the bucket for the energizer KP with the assist, beautifully done. Text Granny and Bischoff at 69187 with the word ESPN.
0: Coming up a little bit later in the show, we've got tickets to go see Jimmy Buffett, so stay tuned for that. Also, tomorrow... We're going to have $600 to give away thanks to Dollar Loan Center Friday Football Frenzy coming back. Uh, $600 is going to be on the line. So uh, listen in tomorrow. Figure out how you'll have a shot at $600. The Las Vegas Aces are now uh, facing three different investigations. The WNBA Players Association was already investigating them for after De'Erica Hamby's comments. The WNBA has confirmed that they are also investigating the aces in regards to Dierica Hamby's comments. And the WNBA, as we talked about yesterday, is investigating the aces for salary cap circumvention. So two different issues, three different total investigations. Uh, aces are having one hell of an offseason after winning the WNBA title.
3: Yeah, the circumvision of the cap is very, very interesting. As you said, we talked about yesterday to where... Allegedly, you're just paying players under the table. Right. And promising them they're going to get money from other entities and not have to work for it. Right. Which, you know, we're all in line for. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's going to give us money. You trying to sign up for that? <laughs> if someone's going to give us money and we don't do anything.
0: There's no salary cap around <laughs> here, right? No, I don't think so. Nothing um, to circumvent. So, on the salary cap circumvention side, I'm curious how do you think the WNBA punishes? the aces because joseph sai who's the owner of the new york liberty he got fined half a million dollars for chartering flights um howard megdahl who broke this story yesterday he wrote in his story three separate league sources made it clear that the wnba views the allegations against the aces several orders of magnitude more serious than the liberty deploying charter flights for their team well that makes sense last season
3: Yes, this is a lot more right serious.
0: So if the WNBA concludes this investigation and they find that Candace Parker or maybe De'Erica Hamby, which I kind of believe De'Erica Hamby is part of this too, that the aces underpaid Hamby and Parker and maybe some other free agents, whatever. And they gave them sort of wink, wink. Hey, this third party sponsor is going to pay you and you're going to be taken care of or whatever. And that's salary cap circumvention. If the WNBA concludes their investigation and they find that that's true and that it's worse than what Joseph Tsai did with the chartered flights, what kind of punishment are the aces getting?
3: I don't think they would. And you have this down here. I don't think that they would void contracts. I think it would be more monetary. So I don't think they'd come in and say, what did you promise Candace Parker under the table because you only gave her 100000 right. which was about 125000 short of the maximum deal, uh, that you have to now void her contract. I, I think that that would be – not that circumventing the cap is a good thing and not that if they're doing this, it's wrong, obviously. Uh, but I just don't think they'd void contracts.
0: So your, your options, right, you can fine the organization, yeah. the owner, whatever. You can suspend – members of the organization front right? office they could suspend the sure. GM or president B- Becky Hammond who yeah. the head coach whoever it is um but the voiding of the contracts to me is interesting because if I'm candace Parker and I signed with the Aces for a hundred thousand dollars and I could have gotten 229 thousand I think it was which is the max salary from another team but the reason I signed with the Aces is because, oh, they told me I was going to get $150,000 extra under the table. If the WBA investigates this, finds the Aces did that, I have to assume Candace Parker's not getting that $150,000 under the table anymore. Right. So if I'm Candace right. Parker, I want my contract void. I'm now missing out on, on $120,000, $150,000. I want it voided. I'm going to go sign for somebody else. Now, maybe Candace Parker really does want to play here for $100,000 and win a title. But if her reason for coming here was because, oh, well, they're going to take care of me under the table. Promise things like Canby said she was. I want it voided because I want to go sign for another team that's going to make me two that I'm going to make the max on. So I would, from the player standpoint before that, it, it might be bad, right? As a player, you might want to just keep the contract in place. But at the same time, there might be a reason to say, well, hell no, if I'm not getting that money, I don't want to play here. I signed that money thinking you were going to break the rules and get away with it the whole time. So I'm fascinated to see what the punishment is. I'm fascinated to see how they prove it.
3: I mean, Candace Parker going to admit that she agreed to under the table money.
0: DeErica Hamby would, wouldn't she?
3: I think that's what she meant when she said. Uh, I do too. Yeah. When
0: she said there were things promised to me that didn't come through, what right. else could that mean? I, that has to. It has, to, has to, to be, be the money. Answer. So I think if Dierica Hamby has some sort of proof of like, hey, this sponsor paid me fifty thousand dollars and I didn't, didn't do, do anything, anything. I think that's where the proof probably comes from. In this, the other question I have: Did Mark Davis know about this? Because if they just do a fine, he's the one that's going to have to pay it. He's going to have to pay it. And if Mark Davis – well, if he did know about it, not great. But if he didn't know about it, does he fire anybody because I'm paying a million-dollar fine because you guys were paying people under the table? I don't know. I feel like he would know about it, though, right? How else would you get Candace Park for $100,000?